0: Well, I'm your fill-in tonight. Dan Lane was supposed to preach, and he got the flu. Yesterday afternoon, he called me late. And, uh, of course, I, I have some things working in me, but I didn't know which one I wanted to share with you until this morning. Uh, I, I, I thought I might be preaching, uh, sharing the love of God with you about what God has been downloading in me all week, about his love and and how... He, and he deals with us. Now he chases after us and uh, presses after us and wants to fellowship with us. And and uh, how if you looked at it in the natural, that would be preposterous. That somebody would keep coming after you and keep coming after you. And you'd keep ignoring him. That looks preposterous. But that's who God is. He loves you that much. And so that was kind of in my spirit. But I want to talk about the Holy Spirit presci- pres Prescription for success. The Holy Spirit prescription for success. And this is about hearing again. We're going to talk about hearing again. Amen. You know, the seven churches of Asia in Revelations 2 and 3 were chosen as representations of what can happen even in Christians, in good churches, if we let our guard down. Now, one of the churches they didn't find any sin in, one of the churches were weak. The Bible says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And some faith preachers might preach that that was sin not to trust God. But there were five, clearly five of those churches out of the seven that were in blatant sin. And God threatened to take their candlestick out of the candlestick holder. He threatened to replace them, Uh, Jesus did. And a lot of people say, well, Jesus is not like that. Oh, yes, he is. In the New Testament and in the Old Testament, God is like that. He wants you to do what he says, when he says it, and how he says do it. Amen. So in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, I mean, I know it's a large scripture to tackle. I'm not going to try to tackle it all. But I'm going to talk about some things in each chapter But I just want to deal with one aspect of what the Lord told John to write down. One aspect. And I believe it's a prescription for for a vibrant walk with God. I I I believe you can, if you've been lukewarm, I believe you can be lukewarm no more. One little prescription. I, I believe the simplicity of the gospel is the genius of the gospel. If you make it complex, that don't make you look good. It makes you look like an idiot in heaven. You're supposed to take that thing and lay it out like this beautiful piece of food that anybody would eat. Amen. Amen. Come on. And the Lord spoke to me one time in a quiet time and said, remember this. My genius is not complex. It's laying it out for anybody to understand the simplicity of the gospel. So we want to talk about that. And we want to talk about, you know, I didn't get my glasses. Let me get my glasses. Thank you, baby. That's better. And he starts off, uh, and he's talking to the first church in chapter 2 of of Revelation. And if you look at verse 1, and I'm just going to do it like he gave it to me. He talks to the church of Ephesus. And what does he say to Ephesus? Anybody know? He said, you left your first love. Ephesus was the the church that left their first love. Uh, It it was a church uh, that had a lot going for it, but it forgot who got them where they were. It forgot Jesus. And it just became a religious set of practices. In verse 2, 3, and 6, he brings a mixture of great things the Ephesians do. He said, you expose false apostles. He said, you walk in patience. He said, you can't stand evil. He said, "And, and your perseverance is astounding. He said, you labored without weariness. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You believe Jesus in the New Testament, in the end of the Bible, Is preaching hate? Let me tell you something. God hates sin. He don't hate the sinner, buddy, but he hates the sin. You get a hold of that. He hates sin. And who were the Nicolaitans? Remember who the Nicolaitans were? They were people that purported to be Christians who took grace and hyper-graced it and used grace to commit sin And not repent. And Jesus said in Ephesians, to the Ephesians, he said, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans. You hate that they messed up grace and they're using grace to commit sin, which I also hate. Jesus said that. That's astounding. He said, but there's a deal breaker in verse 4. And the deal breaker is you left your first love. You left your first love. Wow. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you left your first love. And that word first is protos. It means the original intent. Whoa. The original intent. The original intent, folks, is Jesus. Your relationship with Him is most important. It also means the best, the beginning, the chief love, the foremost love, the first of all. You left your protos agape, your first love. And that word agape means to love affectionate regard to love, goodwill, benevolence with reverence to God's love. It is God's willful direction toward man. You have left your first love. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not not necessarily what mankind desires. That's agape love. That he twists you and turns you to a place that he get you to do what's best for you, not what you think you want. How many of you ever bought something you thought you wanted and you wish you hadn't ever bought it? That's what I'm talking about. I bought a car one time. Oh, my God, it was a black hole. Worst thing I've ever done. It was awful. And I, I tried to talk God into it. For example, John 3, 16 states, For God so loved the world... That he gave. What did he give? Not what man wanted. But what God knew man needed. I.e. his son. To bring forgiveness to man. In verse 5 he says repent. How? How do you repent? How do you repent? There's the prescription. In verse 7. Listen to this. First is a prescription. It's, it's not complex. The devil's a liar. Say that. The devil is a liar. Say it. The devil is a liar. He makes it complex. God simplifies it. What does God say? In verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear. Oh. Wonder what Greek word that is. <coughs> it is a kuo. Mm-hmm. Let him hear what the spirit says to the church to him who overcomes i will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of god so here's here here he says here akuo here intentionally here intelligently here by being educated correctly to what god wants and here with great focus and here receptively that's what akuo means Hear receptively. He said, Here's your prescription. Hear and overcome. That's it. Hear respectfully. Hear receptively. Hear intelligently. Hear intentionally. Hear with great focus. And receive it, what God said. And. Pay $10,000. Overcome. He says overcome. And that word is Nikeo. Now, it's from a root, Nike, where we get the word Nike, means victory. It's where your victory is when you hear at the point that you understand the will of God and the timing and the ways of God. And you receive it. And it empowers you to walk out an overcoming life for God. You overcome. And, and it means to subdue. Here, understand God's will. And subdue the wrong desires. <coughs> subdue the worldliness in your household. Get rid of it. Come on. Literally... Are figuratively, both ways, and it means to conquer, overcome, prevail, and finally get the victory. So he says to the uh, Ephesians, here, and overcome. And see so they they understood I, I, they they understood what he said because their language is much va- more vast, and they got it right off. <clears throat> and that root word for uh, Nikeo is, is like I said, Nike, which we get Nike, and it's a, a, it's a primary word, and it's a conquest word. It, it means conquest. It's the means of success. So you hear, don't you? You don't hear noise. We have a we have an escapee. He's hiding back. Y'all see it. When you open the door out here, it's real quiet. So you have to really try and hear something. I can hear the raindrops coming through the drains. I can hear it, some coming off the roof, and I can hear I can hear the rain hitting in different places. I can hear water flowing. But I have to work at it. You you know what I'm saying? I have to work at disseminating there's about 10 things going on at once that I have to do with water and I have to kind of think oh that one's coming from that pipe that one's coming from this pipe oh that's flowing off that car oh okay but I have to you know it's it's noise if you don't work at it it's noise if you don't focus it's Noise if you don't intelligently hear it and receive it. It's noise if you're not intentional in focusing in such a way that you receive it to the point that you can get into the conquest mode and overcome it and make sure your candle's not taken out of the candlestick. Victory is the means of success. He'll so hear and overcome. It, it, it don't matter what sin I find in here. This, this sin right here is what? You left your first love. And I'm going to replace you. But he says hear, but that don't just mean hear noise. And, and conquest. You have to conquest yourself, don't you? <laughs> had a professor say one time in one of my classes, he said, He's talking about deliverance and healing and all this stuff. Uh, Sozo, and he was talking about you know the greatest thing you can get healed of. And this girl says, "What? I learned you don't this, you don't respond to this guy. He'll make you look bad." You know he'd been talking about it for days, and she goes, "What?" He said, "Yourself. Your biggest problems right here between your ears. You're the biggest problem in your life." And that's what the Ephesians had to get a hold to. They were the biggest problem in their own lives because they left their first love. Nobody drug them off. They started playing church without directing. You understand when you don't direct your love toward Christ, you've left your first love? Who are we coming in here to bless? Who are we coming in here to glorify? We have to direct our love. Or are we, are we, are we've lost our first love. And, and, the, and the Lord in the New Testament, in the end of the New Testament, warns them. They better repent. Hear and overcome. Simplistic, isn't it? Just change the way you're walking. And then there's six more churches that he, he talks to. And I'm going to go through this kind of quick. Because you might know I don't feel very well. I'm doing the best I can up here. But they're mentioned in Revelations 2 and 3. In the second church is Smyrna. No mark sin. He don't mark any sin with Smyrna. He says, but you're about to suffer and some of you are going to go to jail. <laughs> I wonder how popular that preaching was. <laughs> well, you've been faithful, <laughs> but you're going to go to jail. <clears> that ain't the worst of it. Some of you are going to die for the gospel so what do you got to deal with right there there's no marked sin what do you got to cut off so you can keep your candle in the candlestick fear see the devil's going to put fear on you what's the opposite of fear Doubt, faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, oh, so they're not in any marked sin, but what's about to happen to them if it gets them in fear? What do we have? We have sin. Revelation two eleven. Hear and overcome is the prescription no matter what the problem of sin is or sin is. Hear and overcome. Revelation 2.11. Isn't that something? Hear and overcome. In other words, focus. Hear intelligently. Hear intentionally. Hear on purpose. Hear. Come on. Focus. Press in. Hear exactly what I want to tell you. And Overcome get into conquest mode cuz you're not going to fall to fear. You're not going to fail to fear. Amen. I told uh, Ethan tonight I said, "Would you get that letter somebody dropped it. It looked it was it was looked like a card to our church." I said, "Tonight, I'm giving you the new nickname. You're going to be the mailman. If you get that to Susan. If you don't, you're going to be the fail man. And that's what we are. We are mailmen. We we tote to mail for God, or we fail to press in and do what God called us to do. It's real simple. Here, we have to obey and we have to overcome. Amen. That's what he said to Smyrna. What did he say to Pergamos? He said, You've held, it's in, in Revelation chapter 2, about. 12, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on down, and verse 17 gives the prescription. He says, You held to the doctrine of, of the Nicolaitans that Jesus hates, and he still gives them the same prescription. In other words, they enjoyed the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. That's how good Jesus is. What, what did Nicholas Nim do? Historically. Nicholas had a wife. He was one of the original deacons. And he started pimping her out. And he was trying to use grace to justify that. Oh, this stuff ain't new, y'all. They were doing it back then. And they wasn't pimping their wives out in the church, but they were okay with grace being stretched into presumption and you're doing about what you wanted to do and God was going to cover it all for you. That, that's just not what grace is. Grace empowers you to overcome that sin, not empower you into that sin. So he says, you held to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He says he wants you to repent. He said, the you better repent or I'm going to do what? I'm going to take your candlestick out of the stand. I'm going to replace you. How would you like to be in the Bible and be one of the great people of God and then get replaced. I I'm just don't want none of that. I don't know about y'all. But God's warning his people. Amen. And what does he say in verse 17? Susan, you're there. What does he say in verse 17? Read it. So what's, what's the prescription? Hear and overcome. And he don't care how heinous your sin was. He don't care if you kill people wrongly in the war. He don't care. He wants to save it. He wants to sanctify it. He wants to change it. He'll forgive you for it. Amen. Then he goes down to Thyatira. And what's Thyatira doing? In Revelations 2. They're allowing a woman who's possessed by a spirit of Jezebel. It can't be the same Jezebel. You understand that. But she's possessed by a spirit of Jezebel. She walks in immorality and she's seducing people in the church. And they're all right with it. They're not doing anything about it. You understand. You say, well, that's not my thing. If you won't do something about it, it's your thing in your church. It is your thing because you're part of it if you let it go on. Amen. So you got Thyatira, and they're about to be, they're about to lose their place. They're about to be plucked out of the candlestick and be replaced because they've allowed one of their members to live in fornication, which is having sex without being married to the person God called you to be married to, or adultery, messing with somebody else's spouse. Don't matter if they're divorced. If they're divorced wrong, it's still adultery. You understand that? And, and they're, they're allowing it to go on. So he's about to replace the whole church because of the sin of that one woman. No, that's not right. He's about to replace the whole church for the sin of omission, allowing that sin to be among their children and among the weak. That's what the the root is. You understand that? You're teaching them to be perverts by letting it go on. Amen. So he says, he tells them to hear in verse 26 and 29, the prescription is the very same. And it's a heinous sin in God's eyes, but it's still the very same. It's not complex. The devil always comes and says, don't you remember what you did? Doesn't he? If you've got any conscience at all, it happens. And you have to fight that off. Because some of you have done some of the stuff you've done after you got saved. And that condemnation is rough. Isn't it? Huh? But But it's the same thing. It's the same simple childlike prescription here. Akuo. Intently, intelligently, with focus, receive it, and walk out your what? Overcoming. Walk in it. Just start conquering one step at a time. He didn't say you was going to conquer the whole thing in one day. He wants you to conquer one step at a time. Right? One step at a time. Baby steps for some people sometimes. Big steps for some people I've seen folks get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and get delivered of everything they've ever done. Just like that. And then I've seen somebody get saved and love God and, and have to battle to get free of a few things. I've seen it both ways. But you still have to walk out hearing and overcoming. It's a prescription. It's nothing. It's not magic. It's not complex. It's not weird. It's just here. And overcome. And anything else is a lie. Grace is enough. Amen. Then he, then he goes to um, the church at Sardis, and what's what's their problem? What's their sin? It's not. It's kind of far fetched to people who are intellectual, especially. Well, they're not committing adultery. They're not letting somebody commit adultery or fornication. They're not allowing homosexuality to be in their church if the purple person won't repent. They're not not allowing somebody to steal. They're not allowing the preacher to run off with women. They're not doing any of that, that heinous stuff that shocks everybody. What are they doing? They're just dead spiritually. They come in the church, and they're dead as a hammer. They won't do what the Bible says to praise and worship. They won't do what to die. They won't respond to the word of God. They, they're just dead. They're just going through the motions. You ever gone through the motions? How many of you ever gone through emotions with a, a relationship on this earth? Maybe with your wife. You just, you don't know what's wrong with you. You just kind of like go through the motions. It's the same thing as going through the motions with God. It don't work. It don't work. Right? And they were just dead. No fire, no zeal, no anointing. And in Revelations 3, 5, and 6, what is that? It's the same prescription. It didn't matter how heinous it was or how, how small you can make that. That's not small in God's eyes. He says, hear and overcome. That's what he says. Isn't that cool stuff? I love it. I love it. And then he goes to Philadelphia. Brotherly love. They're still doing what they know with just a little strength. In other words, they don't have much strength. They're just beat down. There's no real marked sin in Philadelphia. Now, I'm not talking about Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You have been there. You who have been to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania know that that's not the case. It is not the city of brotherly love. (coughs) No sin that marks the church, they just, but they still get the same prescription. And that's to maintain what they're doing. And in verse, in chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, to hear and overcome. Now, no real mark sin, but he he said, You, you got a little strength. You need to build yourself up. You need to get stronger. But it's the same prescription. He makes it simple. He don't kind of twist things around where there's a different gospel for different sin, or different gospel for different churches, or different gospel for different colors of people, or different gospel for different socioeconomic groups, or, or, or any of that. It's the same here. And overcome. That means repent. Repent. Ain't that good stuff? He wants you to be strong in the Lord and the power, his might. And that's what he tells the folks at Philadelphia. And here's where we are. Here's where the church is in America. It's the seventh church, the church of Laodicea. They call it the lukewarm church. What does that mean? Lukewarmness marks that church. Has lukewarmness ever marked you as a Christian? Of course it has. What does it mean? Well, it means you're not cold against God so he can deal with you. You're playing a game. You're sitting there, but you're really not doing much for God. You're just lukewarm toward him. You're not hot and fiery toward the God. You're just just doing your own thing. You're coming in. You're appeasing, coming to church, and just going through the motions, even worse. And you're lukewarm. And And what do lukewarm folks say? John said they, they said we are rich, we increase with goods, we have need of nothing. In other words, we got so many things and so many boats and so much money, we don't need to press into God. But what does John tell them? Don't you know that you sins are poor, blind? naked. You're pathetic as Christians. He says to them, if you don't get this right and you don't get on fire for God, I'm going to pluck your candlestick out of its holder and I'm going to replace you. He says the same thing to them, even though to God. You know what God says uh, the sins were to him, they were vomit. God, boy, just think about God looking at you and labeling you as vomit. Wouldn't that be tough? That'd be tough for me. Hey, Matt, you're vomit. What? You're lukewarm. He said, I will puke you out of my mouth if you don't get this right. You make me sick. That's what he's saying. He said, to the lay of sins. God said, Jesus said this to them. You make me sick. And you, you feel like, and the world and the church makes you feel like that you can't repent and come back from this. And you, and the devil wants to make you think that too. That you've been lukewarm for 17 years and you've been backed up and you can't come back from this. That's a lie. It's the same here. And overcome. I didn't write it. He wrote it. The same Holy Spirit that wrote here and overcome because you're weak. Wrote the same here and overcome in Revelations 3, 19 through 22. Because they were lukewarm and they looked like vomit to him. That's pretty special of God, isn't it? To be able to deal. Not that all sin is equal in what you reap but it is equal in how God can deal with it. See, when Jesus died on that cross and you get saved, it's free. But it's not cheap. Dying on the cross ain't a cheap way to get your sin blotted out. You'd rather have your sin be blotted out than you be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. So he gives you I reckon God just probably did this in a millisecond or a nanosecond, something small, smaller than I can think. He probably, said, he probably answered his question before he asked his question. He probably didn't even ask the question. He said, this is how I'm going to deal with folks that don't think they can make it back from a compromised situation. I'm going to teach them to hear and overcome. As simple as that. And the sweetness of God is manifest by his love to allow us to come to that place. We might go to an altar. For me, I ride around. When I get a little irritated or whatever I get sometimes, I'll just go ride around, and I'll hear, and I'll obey. That's it. It's it's really simplistic. It's kind of too simplistic. You know, I don't want to make it look cheap because it's not. But it is simplistic. It is that simple, and the devil wants to make wants to trump it up in you like it's a big mountain when it's a molehill to God. And every one of these examples I gave you, some of them were heinous to us, but others wasn't heinous to us, but they were heinous to God. Like lukewarmness is never heinous to a human, but it's always heinous to God. But He gives you the same. Exact prescription, he says. Akuo, everybody say Akuo. Akuo. He says here, disseminate between the noise and what I want you to do. Hear intel- intelligently, hear intently, hear educationally. Why? So you can receive the vision of God and overcome. You can get on the, the road to overcoming, which means conquest. I win. Conquest. And it's that simple. But it starts with hearing. The Bible says, be ye doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. Overcoming is doing. is being a doer. But you can't overcome. You can't be a doer If you don't what? Hear Hear intelligently. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We don't take it for granted how you speak to us and deal with us. I ask you to show folks how you feel about sin, how it breaks your heart, but also show them the part of you that has created a simple path back to hear. And to overcome, and I pray that in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, "Thank y'all." That's all I got. That's all I'm able to give tonight. There's a lot more to it. I could have went line upon line, but I just didn't have it tonight. Uh, I don't know what this this is. I have, but I broke a fever just a while ago. Uh, but I'm telling you, I won't lay hands on you and put this on you, but if you'll come forward and pray and just say, Lord, I'm coming to you simplistic, and I want to I hear educationally, I want to receive it, and I want to overcome this thing that's been plaguing me. I, I want to walk out here tonight, having made a stand to hear and overcome. And I pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen.